0: Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life stick around until the end of the show, where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go.
1: Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Today I have Ray Reyes to have some fun with us. How you doing today, Ray?
2: Good, David, man. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it.
1: All right. So what I need you guys to do first is I need you to go check out Ray's website at mirealestate.us. All right. If you have any questions, you want to tune in. He has also an email at ismael.r at mirealestate.us. Okay. Anything you got. Hit them up afterwards. Just say hello. It doesn't even matter. I just need you to make sure you contact my man Ray. So let's jump into it. Tell me about yourself. What do you do? Like, give me the details.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm actually retired military. I retired as a lieutenant colonel from from the army. Did 28 years uh, total. Uh, so that's kind of the the first half of my life, if you will. Uh, and now I am a real estate investor, and I. Uh, acquire multifamily properties and I partner with others for the acquisition of the same.
1: I like that. I like that. So can you like break that down of how kind of like that works that process? Just just really curious a little bit more about that, especially for the listeners.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately we 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 go through banks for the majority of the money on these acquisitions. But they're just like if you were to buy a house, about 25%, if it's an investment property, about 25% has to really come from the group, whoever your the investors are, kind of like the down payment, if you will, right? And they'll finance the other 75%. So if you're buying a six million, seven million dollar asset, you got to figure about two million of that or maybe a little bit less, is what we need to raise from other investors in order to acquire that property. So it's a, it's a team effort. You know, it, You know, we we kind of find these deals. Uh, we have a criteria to make sure that investors get a solid return on their money. We're talking anywhere from 9 to 10 cash on cash and about 17, 18% minimums on the, on the overall return. And we, we when we find something like that, then we put that out to our, our investor partners and we go after it.
1: Mm, I like that. So that goes into my next thing. So it just sounds like you got to be at your peak performance for this. So explain to me your everyday like setup to get you ready at the top of your game.
2: Absolutely. So my my focus in, in these deals is bringing in investors, right? So my my life revolves about getting on the phone, having meetings and talking to folks. So I like to have an ex- a lot of flexibility in my schedule in order to to serve my clients, right? Uh, Doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to, you know, have a lot of locked in times for meetings and and these sort of things when I know that the majority of what, what I need to do comes from that. So ultimately in the morning, I get up, I do a little physical training. I start looking at a few emails while I'm doing my physical training, answer something that's critical. And then I basically have a block of time almost all of the morning where I'm actually engaging with uh, potential investors, potential partners on these deals. After that, in the afternoon, then I go and start going through the rest of my email. If I have meetings on, on deals that we already have in play, we'll, we'll do that. And then at night, it's a lot of time when investors want to, you know, they, they have full-time jobs. This is passive investment, right? They're not, they're not in it full-time. That's my job. Night, same thing. Having Time available for investors to ask questions of me. Take a look at some deals that we got going on, etc. So it, it really is about maximum flow to, to engage with investors. And so I have to, uh, you know, make sure that I streamline everything else I have I have going on to make sure I dedicate enough time to those those folks that are really making these these deals happen because they're the ones that are bringing the majority of capital to these deals.
1: So. Was this something that you would have ever thought you would, like, be doing or, like, was this something that you kind of just became good at or, like, how did this even, like, pop up?
2: So I and I talked to I talk a lot about this. I'm, I'm the kid that whose favorite game was Monopoly. I mean, I, I, mean, I just, you know, from the very, for as long as I can remember, I really enjoyed it. Now I spent a ton of my time doing something outside of real estate, but even while I was active duty military, I was investing in single family properties. And towards the tail end of my career, I started investing in multifamily because it just makes a lot more sense from a returns perspective. Uh, you have bigger scale, you have economies at play, And you have less to worry about. It's actually less risky to invest in multifamily than you do in 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 single family. Because if you think about it, if you're in a single family investment, you're one tenant away from being 0% occupied. If I have 100 units and I have 10 vacancies, I still have 90% occupancy. So it's just a lot less risk that you have to really put in play. And don't get me wrong, there's risk in everything we do here, right? If you put money in the stock market, invest in Bitcoin, whatever it is you're doing, there's some risk, but it's not about risk avoidance, it's about risk mitigation and looking for strategies to do that. And so, but yeah, man, I love it. I love this. I, I got out of my military career, not because I was at a stopping point. It was just a point in my life where I wanted to do something else. I'd served my country. I, I had a t- I had spent time with, you know, working, you know, with troops, doing things. I went to Iraq. I went to Afghanistan, a lot of other countries I was involved with, maybe not in a wartime scenario, but certainly it was dangerous. But I, got to a point in my life where it's like, I wanted to pursue this other dream that I had and this other passion. And the only way I could do it and really dedicate my time uh, to the investors, uh, because I want to make sure that they understand that their money is my highest priority. So when they invest in the deals that we're doing, it's my job to protect that, that, their investment. So that's, I can't, I couldn't really do that in good conscience when I had other things going on, especially a job where at any point in time I can get pulled away and be overseas. Makes sense.
1: Definitely, definitely makes sense. So what are some difficulties that you've had to overcome dealing with this job? And also what are just some successes that, you know, come with what you do?
2: I think the biggest difficulty that I had, that I've had is uh, this expectation that you're going to be able to find all these deals if it were easy, everybody would be doing it, right? And so you have to have some patience and you have to you have to, you know, find literally that needle in a haystack in many cases to find deals. So when I got my first deal done, uh, the first the first multifamily deal I did was in July of 2019. It wasn't until, the beginning of two thousand and twenty until I had my next deal so it 's about six months that we were you know digging around looking for deals and of course, the whole time you have to continue to you know, work with investors you 're obviously now involved in an asset, so you have to manage that asset you're, you in essence we 're asset managers and we we have to make sure that we 're overwatching the property manager on these right so there's some some work with that, but ultimately i think that 's the biggest thing if you think you 're just going to roll from one one other job and completely, you know, start, do this full time and it's going to replace your income. It's, it's going to be tough. You know, you really have to have multiple streams of income already in play. In my case, I had the retirement check that I could make sure that my family was taken care of so that I could do this. But if I didn't have that, it would have been much more of a stronger struggle. And actually, some people they they like that pressure, right? You you know, if you're younger, if you don't have kids, hey, cut that thing off, sleep in your car, do whatever you have to do to get it going. But when you have other considerations like family, that's a a much harder thing to do. So I guess that would that's the kind of the hardest part is building some sort of you know momentum and then keeping it along the way. And then you know, of course, COVID kind of threw a wrench in a lot of people's momentum, but that's okay. I mean, that's what the, this business is about, making sure that you don't get caught up in numbers. Or I want to do these many investments and making sure that the investments that you're doing are good ones. Because at the end of the day, you know, the investors are going to remember if you return money or if you don't, you know, if there's issues, they're going to remember that you 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 won't be in this business long. Uh, as far as successes, I would say the biggest success is just really um, being able to continue to to build my network and and really aligning myself with senior uh, investors and syndicators, which is what the the term of what we do when we bring these deals together, we syndicate those deals. Uh, to be able to align myself with those type of individuals, which one makes the investments the investors a lot more comfortable because they can see that yes, they know you, they trust you, but they also you also have somebody that. Uh, in your corner that has a lot more experience and can make sure to overwatch in case of anything. So it gives them a, a level of security in addition to whatever security I bring them from either my previous job or from discussions that we've had. And I've been able to align with some very, very good, you know, senior uh, senior operators to, to be able to bring some good opportunities to others and being able to partner with them has been a blessing. And it's been something that I've, that I've worked on and make sure that I'm, that I'm continuing to, to improve myself and making sure I'm available when they have something and they need something of me that I can make sure I'm there to support their operations as well.
1: So can you maybe like tell us a story and take us through like how this investment like works or one of the projects you've worked on or something like that. And like, how, how does it go? Like, I'm just, I just want to know and make sure everyone that's listening and watching can like know exactly like a day in the life of Ray,
2: you know? Sure. So there's a couple of major things that, that this business requires. One, you require capital. You got to bring the money, right? Like I said, like I mentioned, the other piece is you have to find the deals, um, those two have to kind of marry together, and a lot of people say, "Well, if you find a deal, the capital will will follow." But you know, it's kind of hard to negotiate with brokers and negotiate with sellers when you really don't don't have a track record uh, to show, uh, or you're you're saying, "Yeah, I can come up with three million dollars to close this thing in sixty to ninety days," and then they go, "Well, what do? You, how are you going to do that?" And you don't really have a good explanation of how that works, so. So I align myself with people that are looking for the deals. And so part of my part of my time is making sure that I am working with others that are very good at that aspect of the job. And then when a deal comes in, then I make sure that I, continue, that I can bring capital to those investments. So on any particular day, I'm either dealing with potential investors or I'm dealing with potential operators discussing opportunities. And so, uh, so right now, I'll tell you, right now we're in, a, in, in the middle of what's called a best and final uh, offering, so we went through a letter of intent, which is how you in the in the multifamily space how you make a verb an offer. It, it's written, but it's not a contract. This it's before a contract. It's not legally binding, but it's telling the seller uh, and that broker like, hey, I want to buy this property. Here are my general terms. So you work from that into a you know potentially from that letter of intent. Then you go to another round of offers. And then whoever puts in the best letter of intent offer will be awarded that deal. And then you start that acquisition by working on the contract. So it's, it's, a, it's a phase thing. So on any particular day, we can be in any of those phases of, you know, either looking for properties, looking for money, uh, dealing, with, uh, dealing with investors on existing deals, or, you know, starting the due diligence on a new prop- property. And that means we we may be looking at underwriting and that means we're analyzing, you know, taking a look at the, you know, at the returns that that property is providing, you know, what the, what the broker has provided us as far as how that, that asset is performing. And then come up with a, a business plan for how we're going to take that to the next level and really make these returns. So it's kind of hard to really explain on any given day what we're doing, other than there's there's different phases that are going on all at the same time. So you kind of have to rack and stack things. Uh, and I use a I use a, a calendar platform that allows people to come in and make uh, and make uh, appointments with me. You know, on a calendar. Anybody you want to talk to me? Hey, get on my calendar. Here it is. Get on it. we we'll talk about whatever. But I set myself a good five to six hours a day to handle the calls that must be made uh, that I need to initiate or or something to that effect. So on any particular deal, you go through a letter of intent process once you find a deal, which requires obviously you're, you're looking and you're doing your analysis as you go, you submit the letter of intent then you submit a contract. If, award, if, if the seller is willing to go with you, your best offer as the offer that they're going to take forward, then you work on the contract for that deal. And at that point, it's very similar to when you buy a house, right? You get a contract in place, you have a set amount of time to do the formal due diligence where you walk the property, you take a look and you're looking, obviously on a multifamily side, you're looking for a lot more things because it's a lot of units. You, so, it's, a, it's very systematic, in uh, the approach in order to make sure that we don't miss anything. So, you go through that process. But if the property at that point is still a good deal for the investors, then we go beyond the due diligence phase, probably have hard money in the deal at that point. Because you sort of, you know, when you're in due diligence, you don't offer hard money usually. You say, hey, I'm gonna, you know, it'll be a hundred thousand dollars on this particular deal that we're looking at. It may be anywhere from hundred to hundred and twenty in earnest money, right? And that earnest money goes hard after the due diligence period is over. So that's kind of your window, about thirty days, to really make your money goes hard, meaning you don't get it back if you don't close at that point. Uh, and so, uh, so that, and then once you you go beyond that, then you're working to close it. You're working with you're working with an insurance broker, all of the different parties that, that need to be involved to make sure that that transaction goes through. And every one of these entities has its own attorney. We have our attorney that handles our piece. We have an attorney that handles the transactional piece, but we have an attorney that also handles the syndication because that's a you're selling, in, a, in essence, we're selling a security, right? So there's a waiver that allows us to sell that security without being a licensed financial advisor or something in that sense. So we have to have some some legal play there. The the lender has their own attorney and then the potentially other other obviously the seller has their own attorney. So everything's kind of be done at the end of the day, you close the deal, everything goes smooth. You, you may have an extension, but at some point you close it and then you go into basically the asset management aspect of the deal. So that's kind of the process of it. From a from a passive investor's perspective, they see uh, the deal once it's really gone past the, the due diligence phase and they see our investment presentation that says, here's why we like this deal. Here's how we're going to make you money. We show them our, our analysis uh, and then we offer an opportunity to invest in those deals. And so their money goes in there and it get, gets wired to us so that it's to us before closing. So, during closing, we use their money and some of our money to close that deal. But for them, it's a lot easier process, right? As a passive investor, somebody brings you a deal, you analyze it, you like it, you don't like it. Maybe you don't even know anything about the investment itself, but you trust the individual that brought you the deal enough with your money. So, it's like, hey, I trust you. I know you've, you've delivered before. Here's my money. And then when we close, then we put them in that process of distributing their funds, and then when we sell, then they get a big return on that.
1: Man, so it sounds like, in other words, you guys are really important. <laughs> it, it's,
2: it's, a, it's, a, it's a process, right? Like everything else, right? It, and, but it's like everything else in life. If you think about the end game, you forget about the little steps that got you there. And it, it's, it almost seems like unsurmountable. But if you just focus on what do I have to do next? Uh, and then you what, what do you have to do after that? And you break it into little chunks you will get there. I mean, even the longest journeys, it's this cliche, right? But the longest journeys begin with that first step. Yeah. You know, what really trips people up is when they don't take any steps at all. They, they talk and they analyze, they think, they, you know, they reach research and they do more research. And, you know, ultimately they can't commit to action and that in and of, of itself is failure because, you know, failure uh, if you're not successful your first go around, that doesn't mean you're a failure. You're only a failure if you stop trying. And so that's the way you got to do things. I mean, it's, this is what this is about. Um, so yeah, man, I, it is. It is. It can't seem like it's a lot. That's obviously why we have a, a, a group of, of professionals involved in these deals. But as a passive investor, you don't have to be that involved. To understand the basics. Well, I
1: love it. I love it. So my last question what do you, and what can you share with us that you guys got new rolling out or anything that you guys are working on or something that, you know, the average person doesn't know that you guys are about to just roll out?
2: Yeah. I mean, every, every time we have a a deal in the works, you know, we can, we can talk in very general terms to investors about deals that we have going on, but we're actually restricted from talking to investors uh, and the way that we structure these to put this out on social media saying, hey, we have this deal and this is how great it is. We actually have to rely on existing relationships in order to put the word out. Uh, there are some deals that you, you'll see and you know, the people will post it on Facebook, et cetera. But the deals that we, we're doing now, which is a 506B, probably won't make a lot of sense, but it's basically a structure and a, a, a legal way to raise capital. Requires that we, you know, that we have a pre-existing relationship with investors. So what I tell people is like, yes, we have several in the pipeline that we're working on. If you want to get in on one of these deals, it all starts with a conversation, right? We got to, we at least establish some bona fides. You have to under, you know, you have to talk to us. We have to explain how we do it. I'll show you a sample deal to In fact, a lot of times I'll use the last deal that we just closed. And I'll say, look, here's the, here's all of the information we provided to investors on the last deal that we did. So if they have questions, you know, they, they, they can, we can answer those uh, with that deal. So when the, the live deal comes up, they're ready to go because these things do fill up quickly. I mean, there's a lot of people trying to park money. You know, if, if you're putting money in a bank, you're losing money, frankly. Your spending power is going down anywhere from three to 4% a year, depending on inflation. So a lot of people are looking for ways to maximize their 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 uh, their retirement money, et cetera. And this is one way to sort of diversify away from stocks or put your money in another place that that maybe will give you some additional buffer badly in the stock market, et cetera.
1: All right, well, Ray, look, you have educated me on things I did not even know existed. And I'm pretty sure the audience also will be uh, very interested in knowing more about this. And if you wanna know more about this, I need you to go to mirealestate.us, all right? Check it out, understand it, see it. And if you have any questions, I need you to go hit up my man Ray at I-S-M-A-E-L at Mi Realestate.us. Ray, I appreciate your time.
2: Man, it's been my pleasure. I hope to help this helps at least one person get themselves moving in that in that better direction financially. So I'm looking forward to anybody reaching out, man.
0: Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program and don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didia. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.